you have reached burnt offerings. Again. 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 Uh, yeah, we're back. Uh, we're doing the damn thing. And I really hope you guys enjoyed the last two episodes we did. It's been a while. It's been about a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, Halloween season, we did uh, an Acid Witch episode. And we also had the fine folks from independent American films. Yeah. Uh, here talking about Let Us In, which is definitely a banger. Yeah, if you guys have not checked that out, head over to their site, head over to their Instagram page, find them, and uh, grab a copy of it. They have DVDs, and I think they might still have VHS. Yeah, and support films. Made in Detroit. Made in Detroit, absolutely. So, uh, so we're back, and we are going to be talking about... A very festive movie. We wanted to. I wanted to get grim. I wanted to get grim before Christmas. It's the only way to do it, man. This was a very calculated choice. I assumed so, and I, I you know, on record, I assumed that you picked this movie because when we were talking about doing this episode, I kind of left the uh, floor open for Jared to pick the movie. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, it is, you know, Festivus. But uh, the movie he chose, a lot of people don't realize, you know, we've been doing this four years. Jared picked this movie because a lot of people don't know he was actually in Vietnam and was actually affected by Agent Orange. <laughs> uh, so a lot of people don't know that. That's why we do this so much. Um, but is, no, we're going to be talking it's about... It's close to home. Yeah. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> we're talking about a movie called Combat Shock from 1986-84. So it was released in 86 in America. Okay, yeah. Filmed in 84. True. So, 84-86, Combat Shock. And this movie is... There's really not a whole lot of bright lights shining through. No, this this movie plays it straight, and um, yeah, dude, it's nothing but grim realities. Holy shit! Uh, I had to fucking like take a step back when you texted me back the choice he made for the movie that we're gonna talk about tonight. But as our buddy Jay said, the perfect movie. Yeah, it's it is, it is. Um, so this movie, I have to get into, I, I just want to, so one person wrote, produced, and directed this movie. Mm-hmm. Buddy Giovanazzo. Correct. And it was done on a $40,000 budget. Yeah, it was a small budget. Uh, equipment, he was, uh, he was, uh, he taught film at film school, and he borrowed the equipment from his school. Actually, a lot of the people in the movie, like extras and actors for some of the parts, were students of his. So it was like kind of doing what he can. It was all filmed kind of guerrilla style throughout Staten Island. Yeah. And it kind of captures that aesthetic as well. Oh, yeah. Especially like the scenes, uh, which we'll get into later on, like the unemployment line and just like the shots in the background that you see. And then the underground or like under the uh, Vidox. Yeah, the Vidox and stuff. Like you definitely get that for sure. It stars his brother. He's the lead role, which is Rick 
Giovinazzo. Yep. And uh, he's the lead guy. And uh, before we get into the plot and what Rick's going to get into, I, I think it's very important that we note that the only other works that I found to be of any redeemable value that Buddy did was Maniac 2. Yeah, he did. I mean, he had a he, he's had a he still has a good career. He's like very working regularly, but it's mainly in like TV. Right. He did do um, one of the segments of Theater Bazaar in Seen 2011. That. Right. But yeah, like the one that stuck out to me is Maniac 2, Mr. Robbie. Mr. Robbie, he, yeah. In which was only eight minutes. It was the only thing I cut was like that eight minute trailer, like this section that they started filming. But yeah, he was the one who directed it. Yeah. And let, let, just real quick dive into that because so you and I are both huge fans of Maniac. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking for the both of us to say that the remake was pretty good too. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it. I liked it. But the original is definitely a staple for me, for yeah, you. Yeah. A lot of people. But so when Buddy like filmed the short for Maniac Two, it was actually based on it was gonna be based on a movie from seventy two called The Psychopath. Yeah. But he wanted to use the lineage of Maniac and Joe Spinell as well. Maniac to push it forward into its own thing, which I think would have been a departure from the original Maniac. It just would have been Joe Spinell and Maniac Two. It pretty much was going to be like a sequel, but without with Joe Spinell, but not Joe Spinell playing the same character from Maniac. Right, and uh, the premise of that was that he was an a phone in personality of a clown or something like that, where kids would call in that had abusive parents and he would kill the parents yeah which is fucking amazing and like years ago and i mean fucking years ago you and i have watched we've talked about it the trailer on youtube of what was going to be maniac 2 fucking awesome i mean like the the whole plot just the idea of it was really fucking cool the plot the idea it looked like it was going to be the same gritty grainy feel as maniac yep like uh, I'm all, I was there for it, I was hundred percent there for it. Wish it could have came to be. Yeah, and uh, you know the funny thing is that eight minute uh, short that he like was was actually a GoFundMe or a fan funded thing before all that. Yeah, yeah, all that. It was, it was in the eighties. Like, yeah. They they just did that to try to pick up people film, to fund film some stuff so you can show uh, perspective um, people. Who are gonna finance it? Yeah, yeah. It was like basically like here I got this idea. So here's like, the idea. This is what it's gonna be like. This is a general feel for what it's gonna be. We're gonna flesh it out, blah blah blah. But we need you to fund it. Right. So yeah. like yeah. So he filmed this, you know, and, and it never came to fruition because uh, Joe Spinell passed away. Years went by, but uh, definitely cool that he was gonna, you know, reach out and do that. Which was uh, Joe Spinell passed away in 1989. Combat Shock was 84, 86. Like, yeah. So he would, I kind of think that that might have been kind of a big deal for him if he would have done a sequel to Maniac. I think that still would have been like. Would have been cool. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, because Maniac had an underground, like, even back then. Now, more so with streaming and stuff. But, you know, back then, Maniac was like ground zero for, like, you know, a New York sleaze movie. Yeah. For sure. And Combat Shock has that. You know, so if anyone could have captured that, it probably would have been him. 
so moving on, his brother is the lead role, mm-hmm. and I'll let you get into like kind of like the plot. Like so, so this is based around him actually being in Vietnam. Yeah, and then what happens? So yeah, his brother's in Vietnam, or not his brother. His brother plays a guy, um, Frank, who's in Vietnam, and he's basically now out. He starts with a flashback of him in Nam. Um, when he comes out of it, it's basically him and his wife and his newborn kid, and they're struggling, like zero food, zero money, evicted from their apartment. They got like day to go, and it's just basically him like roaming the streets, inner dialogue type shit, trying to figure out how he's going to make ends meet. And I mean that's honestly the, the the plot of this movie is just him on his day to day trying to fucking like make ends meet with his. It shows just how like grim his life is, the lifestyle he, he lives, the city he's in, the shit he's involved in. They try to basically like come up with what he needs to come up with, and it's just it, they play it straight this entire movie. Like there's no fucking like comedic elements, like, <clears throat> no. no comic relief. Uh, which honestly, I'm glad it would have taken away from it. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's a going in. You see, it's 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 a trauma film. Mm-hmm. So, and I think a lot of people going into it would have assumed it was going to have some type of like over the top goofiness, fucking comedy, something. But this was one of the most like straightforward, serious trauma films there is. Yeah, it's uh, it's very visceral. In it's in it's delivery. You, yeah, I mean, you get that right away. And the the most important thing to me is the portrayal of like the uh, the trauma. So they they portray like a real trauma that like a person would experience coming out of what he went through. So uh, without getting off the beaten path too much, this movie came out when movies were portraying Vietnam War in a glorified way which is very american i guess so you got to you got to put into perspective that this movie was made and filmed when like platoon was winning oscars okay and like hamburger hill was a thing and even like if you want to dig into like predator apocalypse now these movies glorified it and it wasn't always in a positive way or a cool way it's just like was a mainstream thing for you know because at that time it had we had been what 15 16 years removed from the vietnam war and people who who had experienced that yeah knew about it and you know even if you didn't see it firsthand or whatever you you knew about it and then like this really to me like in encapsulates what a person really would have went through afterwards i mean the only thing that i had ever known on film that would kind of portray what this guy went through was like the first missing in action when like Chuck Norris is really fucked up from the war like the things he did to people but that it's a Chuck Norris movie it was a fucking Golan and Globus like this is yeah a real depravity depressed grimy fucking like this dude is down and out yeah this is a movie of it takes you of a soldier who did some shit right and he's coming back and having to live his life after going through that shit and being tortured as well too it's yeah. the stuff he did to people and the stuff that was done to him as well it's just a combination of both and then like you know sprinkle in the agent orange thing which is a result of why his 
Oh yeah, this this movie touches on fucking the effects of Agent Orange, fucking the uh, inner city drug use, fucking just inner city lifestyle in general, fucking poverty. Um, it, it touches on a lot of. There's like a lot of social commentary in this fucking movie for sure, and it's none of it's good. No, but and we don't want to be Debbie Downer about it. We're just like this movie really fucking like captures that to me. Yeah, it's a tough watch. It really is. There's not. I'm I'm gonna tell anyone that's never seen this. It's it's not. There's there's no. <laughs> there's no. There's bright, no light at the. End there's of the no light tunnel, at the man. end of the tunnel, and the ending is probably worse than the whole movie. <laughs> it's like the worst thing you're ever gonna see. We'll get into that, but like so. So basically, he comes back from Vietnam, and this is his life afterwards. He comes back to nothing, which. Yeah, we all know is a thing that happens with people who fight wars for this country, and uh, so now he has like a kid, and he has to provide for the family, and he's standing in the unemployment line, and he's fucking hanging out with people that are just jacking dope underneath Vidox and shit, and it's pretty fucking sad. But moving forward, um, he, I guess, decides that he's gonna do what he has to do to survive and provide. Yeah, dude, he's got, like, a cottage cheese milk, and that's the only thing in the house. Pretty sad. Pretty pretty, pretty bad, dude. He's got a baby <laughs> that looks like an alien. Yeah, and, and, you know, the first, at first, it's the eraser head baby. Oh, 100%, dude. They dropped $140 to make that, and they got their money's worth with it. Um, And even, like, there's, it's funny you said the eraser, because honestly, the first thing you think of when you see this baby is eraser head baby. The first thing you think of when you hear the sounds is a racer head. Yep. I don't know if that was intentionally what they were going for or not, but it, it works. Like it's it's it it plays into the feel. Oh yeah. Because even the first bit of this movie, there's like a weird drone sound continuously under all the fucking uh, conversation. Yeah. Which is eraser head as fuck as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, which adds a whole different like dynamic to the whole feel of the movie. Uh, the way it's shot, though, uh, you definitely get that like New York feel to it. Oh yeah, dude, this thing, this movie's shot so fucking well. Yeah, everything about this movie is very well made, and I think that's why it fucking carried so well, and it carries till now. That's it, everybody views this movie as such a great fucking movie for two reasons: it's shot well. They don't have that fucking gimmicky comedic relief mm-hmm. shit going on. They just play it straight and serious the whole fucking time, and they play it for what it is. And that's why it, it gets received so well. Even if people are like, man, this movie's fucking grimy. It's still appreciated. Because they don't sell themselves short. They, they know what they're making and they make it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was definitely a vision of what the ultimate like outcome was going to be. Kind of nailed it. I mean, even though it's pretty much a downer throughout the whole movie. I mean, you really get... There's like emotion that... You, like entwined into like just the way it's shot and the feel of it. Hope you like the score. Yeah. You hear a good part of it a lot. Yeah. Like uh, the walking scenes. It's basically like the same exact fucking clip. Yeah. Five to ten minutes. <laughs> Which I definitely wanted to touch on. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my top like tier favorite bands, uh, Meth Drinker, has sampled the walking that continuous whatever the fuck that is it's like a hybrid of like a disco kind of like a dance weird just when he's walking and thinking 
the the debut self-titled meth drinker record has a track called combat shock and that plays and there's clips from the movie and i think they were heavily influenced by the uh, aesthetic of this movie and i think a lot of their subject matter and their lyrics have to do with this movie for sure and uh that just should basically tell you where where they're coming from uh as musicians or artists or whatever like it's pretty fucking grim man and yeah it's weird when you when you told me we were going to do this movie i just when i when i watched went back to watch it again it had been a while because i remember we talked about this like oh what's the most fucked up movies you know this was years ago and it's like i remember like combat shock you know yeah and then like years later i fucking find this band and i'm like oh my god that's from fucking like (laughs) and they really fucking wear it out man it's like in the clip where his old lady's like yelling at him and shit like were you in a fight like after that whole thing happened yeah it's like man that's pretty fucking rough city but yeah um meth drinker definitely borrowed heavy from this and i love that band a lot but uh (laughs) Yeah, it makes a, sense, man. It's a grimy movie, and that's a grimy band. And yeah, in the in that, but that like whole like score thing going on is like, it's kind of maniacal a little bit. It's just like, dude, veer off topic a minute, and we will get right back. Meth drinkers connected to the drug problem, right? Yeah, same members. Okay, yep. It's the same. It's the same band. It's just they they did like a PV band. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember I busted out the fucking drug problem LP, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is like the dudes from Meth Drinker." It is. It's like the basically the same band, but yeah, yeah. And there's some clips on the drug problem one too, from like various different mm-hmm. movies and just different stuff where it's just they're into some shit. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, I'm to party with those dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll fly out to New Zealand and try to see if we can get like a reunion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So like, super cool and. uh off subject, uh, the second meth drinker like took some clips from like Deadbeat at Dawn, so they were really into like those really dark, fucking grimy movies. Super cool, but hell yeah. Uh, back on the fucking combat shack. So this dude is like down and out. He's waiting in unemployment lines, dealing with like people that are fucking like really bad into drug addiction. Some homies like just not in a good way. Yeah, this fucking it's it's basically. Honestly, this movie basically is him walking around after he leaves his apartment. Um, and it's just, he's walking through the city, inner fucking dialogue of him just talking about life, him talking about his fucking time in Vietnam, um, until he runs into fucking like the next people who are going to give him shit, which you find out he's, he owes money to fucking drug dealers and shit. And they basically threaten him with like, Hey man, you're either going to pay us this fucking money by tomorrow or, uh, your wife is gonna fucking, uh, pay, pay the balance with her fucking body. And your, your one year old son's going to fucking pay the balance. <laughs> like Those are fighting words. And the one, the one fucking drug dealer, dude, we don't know what look he's going for. He's got like the Japanese <laughs> bandana on, Circa fucking uh, Lemmy from the picture that everybody can think of with him in the the samurai sword and the short shorts. For sure. Um, the fucking like Native American looking necklace. He's got a st- somewhat studded vest, but it's like only studded around the like exterior. I don't know what this. He kind. I don't even know. He kind of looks like a member of Saxon. 
mixed with like fucking um, rowdy, not rowdy rowdy piper, fucking uh, the two by four rustler. Oh, like not hacksaw Jim. There you go. No, he he's one the, man game, dude. He had the if hacksaw Jim Duggan look man going, man. From fucking WWF, like circa '87, one man gang had that whole thing with the skull. And well, yeah, the, I'm t-shirt. thinking of like the hacksaw, like. Somewhat of the beard, the oh, way the beard. he looked. He's like Hacksaw Jim Duggan who decided to like do some fucking drugs and like try to dress like a fucking rocker or something. Join a gang. Yeah, like an <laughs> 80s street gang. <laughs> I got yeah. a bandana so and a necklace. If Hacksaw Jim Duggan like had a fucking, uh, went to a loudness show in the 80s and there stole a bandana and fucking wore exactly what the dude from Raising Arizona War. I get. I don't know what the fuck I'm blanking on that guy's name, too. Yeah. He's actually pretty close to that guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck. Like, the, the biker from Raising Arizona. Yeah. This guy is going places. And he also has, like, that old-school, like, plastic chains that you would put around dude, a garden-like okay, here's, like, fuck thing. me like, up with this. Fuck me up. It's not even, like, steel chains, no. like, fucking, like, hardcore, like, I'm a badass. It's the white... Fucking plastic chains you'd see outside of businesses that like bordered their properties and their gardens around the rock. Yeah, like landscape, Jesus, like, just the white rocks, <laughs> like the white rocks around. Oh my yeah, God. And he had those. He says has those crossed. Then he's wearing like a belt. And you know he doesn't listen to Sarcophago. You know he's not into fucking like Venom. It. it we don't know what he's doing. Well, yeah, they're, they're white he's plastic no chains. Of course, they're not. He's not listening to that dude. He's yeah. just like Hanoi rocks and shit. Like Hanoi <laughs> rocks. <laughs> Fuck you, Vince Neil. All right, so, <laughs> so, so he's hanging out with Paco, who is the leader of this fucking like drug peddling gang, I guess. Right? Yeah. Basically, a drug dealer with a couple backup dudes. A couple of cronies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some muscle on a project. I don't remember fucking gathering. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So this, so uh, he gets mixed in with these guys, and then his like boy with the green bandana is on a. He's on a bad way, man. He's in a bad way. He's like yeah. definitely addicted. Yeah, he runs into this buddy who's fucking just wanting some fucking. Um... Homeboy's got drugs. He's looking for fucking. Uh, hardware, aka a needle. Dude flips out because he's like, "What do I do? Do I do you have some? Let me use some." Blah blah blah. Well, then the green bandana dude fucking ends up being like way the fuck more worse to wear. Yeah, like stealing like costume jewelry, thinking it's worth like millions. Yeah, I mean he's fucked. Yeah, gets fucking fronted like a sixty. Pretty sure they gave him some bad shit. Cause then he just goes because he can't find a fucking needle and ends up digging his fucking vein open with a fucking coat hanger. Oh my god! And just dumping the heroin into his arm. Yo, people, dude, thank you so much for listening to our show. But I have to tell you, this scene is just—it's—it's it's a bit much for me. And let's let, let's batch, backtrack a little bit because he's digging through the underground Vidox for dirty needles. Oh yeah, he's looking for, for one dirty that needles. he can actually use. He and gives up on that. It's so fucking horrible to watch. And then like he digs his arm open, his vein open with a fucking coat, a metal coat hanger, and dumps dope into the wound. Like I can't even stress to you, like shit's cool sometimes. This is not. Okay, <laughs> you see shit in movies. You're like, that's fucked up. That's cool. This is not. It f- kind of has an effect over me that I don't really care to share. It's not good though. Kind of like wearing a 
fucking turtleneck, you're like being strangled by a really weak guy all day, right? It's just like, eh, I'm not good. Uh, that's a pretty fucking bad scene, but doesn't yeah. he, like, he goes to the dude man, he's like, it's not for me, it's not for me. Well, yeah, up, yeah. Fucking, yeah, Frank goes to him, because he's looking for a fucking, uh... He's looking for... Oh, yeah, not Frank, but that guy. Yeah, Green that, Bandana guy, Ghost yeah. Settler guy. He's, like, looking... Yeah, hardware. He's like, he's like, oh, it's not for me, it's though. Not for me. That I'll guy, be right back. That dude starts freaking out because he's, like... He's also fucking fiending. He's looking for a fix. Yeah. And then it's Frank just shows up and takes thing. a leak in the corner while that's going on. And they're just, like, staring at him. <laughs> but he doesn't give two fucks because he's fucked three times from Sunday mentally. Yeah. You know? It's just, like, man, it really, like, captures that whole, like... And that's a that's a tall order, man. Then it goes into like the reality of like the unemployment lines. Yep. And he has to wait in the line. They pan the line. There's a couple metalheads in there. Yeah, that dude with the fucking denim vest with the patches on it. <laughs> and it pans so quick, you can't like, you don't know what he's. But it don't matter. You just know he's down for the cause, man. He's but, fucking, uh, there. he's there for something. You know, but like to 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 really put this into if I could if I could use one word to describe describe this movie front to back it's like just hopelessness man it, it's really it's just it's like a depressing environment really hopelessness man it really it's is sad man and like uh like people like i've been down and out you've been down and out um i don't know anybody who've been down and out to the point of they have nobody to reach out to they have no food in the cupboard zero money zero income and a baby true story Personally, I don't know anybody who's been that down and out. Nah, that's pretty bad. 100% people have been there. Oh, yeah. I just can't point to anybody in my life where I'm like, oh, man, I know somebody who's like that. Like, they've always had at least one step up somewhere. Like, they were good here. Yeah. But everywhere else, they were crumbling. Yeah. This is just setting up the most grim realization. Yeah. Which is a reality for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Then, then you move forward to the fact where he goes into survival mode. Yeah. And just basically tries to take a purse of a lady who took a gun. Yeah. Doesn't know that this chick just robbed his friend's dead body. Right. <laughs> and she has a six shooter, like a pistol in her purse. But he's just like, has that inner monologue going like, I have to do what I have to do. To I provide. can't go home right. empty handed tonight. Right. And just socks this chick in the fucking face. Which is fucking crazy. He just like throws a haymaker. Yeah, dude. Grips, grips her purse and takes off. And who's there but the fucking uh, drug Paco. dealer with Saxon. And they fucking... <laughs> yeah. The dude from Loudness and Paco. <laughs> they like, chase him. Yeah, it, like, they chase him. They beat the sh... They beat, they beat the shit out of him. What's, I, like it, I think it's funny when they... The, the realization that, there were, that he had a gun was when they get the purse. He's like, oh, what was in there? And he's like, nothing. It's just like a bottle of pills and whatever. He's like, oh, well, when he hit it with me, it felt like a fucking ton of bricks. Yeah, he's like, well, there's nothing in here, and then they find the bullets, and they're like, well, there's fucking bullets. That bitch was fucking armed, and they just turn around, and he's got the fucking gun because they didn't realize when the person dumped the fucking gun fell out. Right. And then and then we go into a fucking straight up Paul Kersey death wish. Yeah. Charles Bronson. He becomes Frank becomes a vigilante and starts shooting these motherfuckers. But okay. He's, uh, you're using that term pretty loosely. He hey, becomes man. a vigilante for like 30 seconds against the people who are out to harm him. But he's already <laughs> like, in a state of mind where he's like, I'm fuck everybody. You know what I mean? Like he just goes into this like 
you're gonna. He's die. not like going through the city killing uh, criminals. Uh, okay, dude. <laughs> he's, he's killing. Not, he's not killing put, like the drug dealers. He's not and getting the quarter rolls and putting them into socks <laughs> and, the, and shit. I get it. He's okay. killing the drug dealers who were killing, trying to kill him, and like the fucking like weird gang members who are also trying to kill him. Yeah, but watch the first Death Wish or the second <laughs> one or the third one or four or five. The way he points the gun and lets them beg and like Oh yeah, yeah. Like he really milks it. Like yeah, you're yeah, you're fucked. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to beg? What I don't give a fuck about you, your feelings or what. Bam, like in like the really fucking puts emphasis into like I'm going to shoot you. You're going to die. But that's at him at rock bottom. Like he's just like, dude, you're gonna, yeah, I'm gonna shoot. Dude, you're done. You're and done. And all those, okay, all the scenes in this movie where somebody's dying and die, they don't just get shot and they die. No, they get shot and then they show him again. Like they pan back to Frank, and then they go back to the person who just got shot and they're like in pain, agonizing blood out of the mouth, like still just like slowly dying. Yeah. Like everything's drawn out to show like the most like pain, the most fucking like it's just it isn't just an instantaneous thing. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Like fifteen, twenty minutes of just fucking like people just bleeding to death and getting shot and, and like, throughout this movie he like under he, under a fucking grimy Vidoct in Staten Island, yeah, like dude. Just like And throughout <laughs> the movie he keeps having flashbacks to the war and being in the hospital and it's him saying like getting like cross-examined and shit. yeah it's him being like kind of tortured and examined and then the doctor's exam are like kind of like what did you interrogating him yeah and the whole time yeah. the whole time it's him basically saying like we didn't do anything i didn't do anything it was they were like that when we got there and we just shot him and then it changed to our group did this and they fucking like became animals and i had to get away from them and then you get to the end of the movie, and it's basically brought to life like, you did this. Right. Like, you killed fucking, you slaughtered everyone. Right. So it's this, this whole, like, peeling the layers away from an onion from the beginning to the end of just him. Like, you think he's just this uh, 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 soldier that came back from Vietnam, went through some fucking shit, and he's kind of dealing with that. And you realize, like, you get to the end of this fucking movie, and you realize, no, he he did some fucked up shit in Vietnam and he's not able to come to terms with the shit he did. And then also the fact of he has a dad who in the beginning there, his wife's like, reach out to your fucking dad. He has money. Let him loan us some money. And you come to realize they had some falling out. Some shit happened, blah, blah, blah. There's inner dialogue there. But then the other inner dialogue there is like, yeah, her, his dad's like a racist piece of shit who has a shit ton of money. Yeah. And then he finally does reach out to his dad to try to, like, float me alone so we don't get evicted. And his dad's like, I got nothing anymore. I'm waiting to die. Lost the business. Yeah. I'm, like, dying. And then the whole thing where, like, is this a joke? My my son died in Saigon. Yeah. Like, you're... The, he called his dad, like, hey, this is Frank. He's like, I don't have a son. He died in Saigon. He's like... No, I didn't. Like that whole thing was fucking crazy. And he's like, "Yeah, well, I got heart problems. I'm yeah. on my way out. I'm just waiting to die. I'm just I've lost everything. Yeah, basically, yeah. Which that whole exchange was fucked. Not to mention, like, to sidestep when he's just walking with the inner monologue and that weird disco music playing. You just hear random screams coming from like those wretched, broken down apartments. Mm -hmm. 
his hands are in his pockets. He's just walking, and you just hear like screams of people being something. I don't know, murdered, attacked, killed, beaten. I don't know. Like it's like he just accepts what his environment. He becomes a product of the environment that he's in, dude. It's so fucking bad, dude. And uh, yeah, so he, yeah, his dad, no go, doesn't get the loan. Yeah. And that's when he ends up fucking robbing that chick because he's like, well, I can't go home fucking empty-handed. Correct. But he's got a, you know, a person like, what the fuck did you do? Like, did you call your dad? Like, like he's got the pressure of that. Yeah. So fast forward past that. When he ends up back at his place? And has now fully entered the descent into fucking insanity. Dude, he sits in that chair, it's and that's when it unravels. Like, he killed everybody in Vietnam. Then there's the flashes on his face, and then it's just fucking going nuts. I'm not even going to act like I'm afraid that you fucking chose this movie. <laughs> no, he, like, sits, like, his descent into fucking absolute insane, like, lunacy at the end, and then and then let's get into the end. So yeah, he's so he's sitting in that chair and he has that fucking flashback where he's flashing on everything. He's flat. He still the Vietnam flashbacks of him killing people and being tortured, and then the doctors. And that's when it comes out like the doctors tell him like, "No, you killed, you slaughtered all those people." And that's when it comes out that he's the one who did all the shit that you've been seeing flashbacks of. Which pin on this, the gore they show in the beginning, all these hacked up bodies, pretty good. It's fucking like you only see it for like a second, but it's fucking solid. So he's like, I did this. Then he goes into the kitchen and pulls out the gun, drops some shells, loads the gun, and initially goes to fucking just kill himself and then has the flashback of the chick he killed in Vietnam, but it's his wife's face. And that's when he's like, oh. (laughs) And basically puts the gun down and goes and finds his wife. So... (laughs) The... So the scene where he kills his fucking wife is fucking horrible, dude. I love you. What? Bam! But he shoots her two more times. Because well, she wouldn't die. Sure, she's dead. It wasn't because the make sure is because she wasn't dying. I know. He shot her in the stomach, and like I said before, she's these bleeding deaths, to, yeah, the deaths dude. in these movies aren't instantaneous. Oh. They don't do the Hollywood deaths where you shoot somebody in like in the arm and they just die. It's like shoots her in the stomach and she starts coughing up blood and like clearly in pain. So it just drags on with the griminess and the fucking grim reality of this fucking movie. Mm. And he's like, oh, just die. And but he shoots her two more times in like the fucking stomach. Oh. God, dude. And then the crying fucking Agent Orange affected yeah. fucking a- a- uh, alien baby, which we didn't touch on. So his 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 uh, yeah, his son is deformed and like an like a mutant baby because of the exposure that he had to Agent Orange in Vietnam. They don't really say Agent Orange ever. They just say the no. exposure of the stuff. And he's talks about no, they wouldn't spray their own men. And she's like, I can't believe you'd believe that because of that. And it's clearly Agent Orange. He had a kid, and the kid was like. Yeah, um, like a mongoloid baby. It's fucking. It looks like a goddamn alien. And then he fucking like. It's somewhere between like a gray alien and the alien from Eraserhead, or yeah. the baby from Eraserhead. Yeah, it's like a mix between those two. Very strange, very out there. <laughs> and then that's another one. The, the, the whole slow death with shots. 
carries on to the baby because he fucking shoots the fucking baby in the stomach. What the fuck, dude? Aim for the head. And the baby just starts coughing up blood and like, it's like, Jesus Christ, man. So he proceeds to pick up and coddle the baby while he walks it to the kitchen and stuffs that fucker in the oven and cranks it up to high. On cleaning mode. Yeah, cleaning mode. Just all the way. Fucking. These go to 11. And just before you see blood seeping out of the door of the oven. Yeah. He blows his fucking well, brains out. He pours a glass of. Of course. Rotting milk. Yeah. Drinks that. Then he hears the cops at the door who are like, we're coming in, let us in, blah, blah. And he just fucking pulls out the gun and. Blows his fucking head off. And that, my friends, is Combat Shock 1986. Yeah. If you haven't seen it and you're into anything other than, like, Christmas movies this time of year, definitely check out Combat Shock. If on December 25th you have nowhere to go and you're by yourself and you're kind of in the dumps about that, watch Combat Shock. Yeah. And DM me if you do. But if you have guns in the house, give them to somebody. (laughs) Lock the liquor cabinet and give someone the key. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, God damn it, dude. Fuck. Yeah, so that's Combat Shock. And uh, we're going to move on from that. Dude, it's worth checking out. But also what I wanted to touch on, because I didn't touch on this, is so we touched on what Buddy did with his career. Yeah. Fucking Ricky, his brother, he didn't do much acting, but he's, dude, his fucking career in uh, the music department. Really? I didn't look that, yeah. Bro, so fucking, um, that's like, he did the music for this. Oh, I know, he did the score for, yeah. He became so like Ricky, a, Ricky was like the composer of Yeah, the like music. He, he must have done this movie and been like, I like this okay. and found his fucking niche. I didn't. Dude, he's got fucking 194 credits as an orchestrator Holy for shit. movies. Shit like fucking um, Goosebumps 2, fucking um, Solo, A Star Wars Story, fucking uh, Transformers Last Night, what? The Ghostbusters 2016, X-Men wow. Apocalypse. Um, like, so many fucking movies. Wow. Like, okay. goddamn, he did so fucking many. Like, 194 shit, like... Step Brothers, get the fuck out of here, man! Yeah, like he was the orchestrator, Sweet. American Gangster, the Simpsons movie. Fucking like it's stupid the shit he's done. Well, that's really cool. I didn't even like, Talladega Nights. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Do a factory reset here. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> nice. He, he acted in this as his brother. His brother's probably like, "Yeah, hey, you just want to do this." He's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." Probably is also how he got the fucking job to do the score for it. Right. I don't know if this is where he realized he had the passion to do it or always knew he did. But fucking he just went from there and just bam, 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 bam. Did fucking Anchorman. Did uh, the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead. Get the fuck out of here, man. No, oh, Beverly Hills This Ninja. is not an act, guys. Like, I'm, like, freaking out. Like, that's kind of cool, dude. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> the guy from Combat Shock did all that. Yeah, that's like his fucking thing. That's pretty cool, man. That's his fucking thing. Oh, fucking A. Well, I'm going to do a deep dive tomorrow because I have nothing to do manana but sleep Sleep in. in. (laughs) 
<laughs> Things get really weird around here. Yeah. Baby Watt 12. <laughs> the Tone Rangers. All right, so. Some of the chicken I burn my tongue on. Use a little lemon. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Combat Shock. Check it out. Severn has released the Blu-ray and the DVD. Also, it's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. It's on YouTube. So you can watch it for free. Enjoy. Yes. What the fuck have you been listening to, bud? Bro, I don't even fucking know. It's been a while. Um, shit's come and gone. It's a weird time, but I, I have a plethora. I've been throwing on. I've had a few nights of just spinning records, drinking beers. Um, starting some um, Zoe, Last the Axe, Last Axe Beat. She's fucking like a Japanese fucking amoebic style like crust uh acrostics same thing listen to that album um i threw on some negative approach listen to their fucking whole early demos cool um i think i threw on negative effects haven't heard those dudes in a minute another like 80s hardcore um uh, throwing in some fucking fuck what else uh the foad split because uh it's too late to catch one. You're not going to be able to buy one anymore. I know. But <laughs> Sangreal Records, Sangreal Records, back. doing the fucking did a fucking pre-sale on the print for the FOAD long sleeve uh, for the anniversary because that was released ten years ago. Um, so I listened to that split, which is a banger split. Um, shit, the Scum, which is a Michigan DB raw punk DB band. Listen to their LP they put out. Rest in peace, Joe fucker. Um, just, yeah. Gahana, Gahana. Fucking bulldozer. Um, yeah, I think that's good enough. <laughs> that's about what I've been listening to. All order, man. So, before I get into what I've been jamming, yeah. uh, condolences and thoughts to Rick. Zombified. Oh, Zombified Preachers of Gore. Preachers of Gore. Yeah, he had a ALS and he was just kind of suffering with it for a while. And then he's kind of he kind of got like a, some life brought back into him when they started doing the release of Zombified Preachers of Gore um, stuff, which got released a handful of months ago. Who, for any of you people don't know, uh, they're like an old OG Michigan like death metal band. Yes. And they're the ones who started like Michigan Death Fest. Rick's definitely the one who who's had a big hand in that. Um, and through Dystopian Dogs, they just had the stuff re-released. So it kind of he at least was able to see kind of that resurgence of the stuff and the work that he had throughout his life, the stuff that he was proud of, kind of come back and be appreciated. Um, but yeah, he just just passed away. To ALS, which is really bummer, but at least he was able to kind of see his band's stuff come back up and get a resurgence of people appreciating it. Yeah. Uh, Rich Bush. Rich. Rich, yeah. I apologize. Uh, no disrespect. Uh, we had Tim and Dave on the last episode. Dude, Tim was really pushing for, he was pushing for years to get the zombified stuff released, yeah. and it finally happened. Yeah. And, uh, 
it was like really cool to uh, discover that band for the first time. You know, like uh, I'm a huge death metal guy. You know that, and uh, I was like, dude, where the fuck has this band been the whole time? That was new to me because you know I'm not like big in the death metal. Right. Um, that was new to me when that started getting released, like promoted for like the new like releasing of it. Right. And I was like, oh shit, checked them out. I'm like. Hell yeah, dude. This oh, yeah. is fucking sick, Shit man. rips, yeah, for sure. Uh, seen some clips of him doing uh, promos for uh, Mich- Michigan Death Fest. Yeah. Super cool. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, R.I.P., Rich Bush, sad. But everyone, go out and uh, listen to Zombified. Preachers of Gore. Preachers of Gore, man. Hit, that, hit up Dystopian Dogs. I'm pretty sure they still have uh, copies. Yeah. Pick that shit up. So, me, I've been jamming the new Exhumed record, like a motherfucker. Very good. I don't really have to hype them up because people know who they are, but... New album's called To the Dead. Awesome. Excellent. Uh, Fauxhammer has put out a new record. For all of you guys that are into slow, really heavy, dense, fucking... Bottoming fucking heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> New Fohammer. And on that topic, Ahab. Can you believe it, Jared? It's 2022 and we're talking about a new Ahab. Release. And I'm sure it sounds different than their last one, which was different than their previous one. Yeah, it's this is very different. <laughs> that band did not stay. They, they get bored with their styles. I guess. Uh, the new album has not come out yet. Uh, they got the pre-orders up. Uh, you you are the one that showed me Ahab, and I'm always going to stick with those first two releases yeah. as the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, the new one's very different, as were the last. The like, giant was different. Oh, uh, yeah, and that was the beginning of the... And then the boats of Glenn Carrig was, like, way different than that. See, once I heard the giant, I stopped. Like, I like Call of the Wretched Sea. That's just crushing. Oh, that's the one of the greatest albums of all time. And then I heard me. that, and I was like, they're going a direction. And then I, I would leave it to you because you would still check out that stuff. I like it. So yeah. they now wait for you. And you'd be like, oh, they went different again. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were the one who, I, I left Paul Bear for you to check out. So I'm like, I like the first Paul Bear. And then the second one, I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, I oh, love they changed the second themselves one. a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Of course they did. Yeah. Uh, so Ahab's got a new record coming out. It's called The Coral Tombs. Um, I haven't heard the whole full record yet. They've they've released two tracks the first one had a blast beat on it which really fucked me up but the the second track kind of brings it back to uh what ahab i guess was uh a new sea of bones so for what i'm going to do with my airtime right now is ask everybody to be quiet for like 15 seconds for the new sea of bones good enough (laughs) <laughs> All right, New Sea of Bones track is fucking amazing. Uh, we got uh, Dark Throne, the new Dark Throne record. Yeah, which yeah. I uh, put on for you the other uh, night when I, I was dug it. pretty soft. I think I tossed. liked the previous one a little bit more. Me too. So uh, the one before that, I've really connected with a lot, man. And their old the classic Dark Throne's always going to be fucking radical. Yeah. But the new one's really good. It's not. I'm not a diehard black metal dude, so I don't give a fuck. Me neither. As long as they put out something that sounds good, I like it. Yeah, the new one. It's called uh, Astral Fortress. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Um, and I'm sure you're gonna agree with me. And you've been listening to this like a motherfucker. 
acid witch right among us, oh, baby. Yeah, Fucking high five across the I table. I can't believe I didn't actually say that. Oh, yeah. Dude. But I mean, I'm, no, we can't. Jared listens got brought, to this more than me. It kind of got brought weird. up like in the last one with them on. I was like, it's kind of listening true. nonstop. It's just been a while since we did an episode. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm still fucking ripping that ass. I don't get record. CDs a lot, but I bought the fucking, uh, the one uh, bundle they had, which came with the CD. And you know me when I have a CD in my car. You're a fuck stick, by the way, because you've got the rolling tray, the papers, <laughs> the fucking whole like kit. Rolling tray, papers, Sick. grinder, and a lighter. I thought I was cool because I had Slasher Dave, uh, like a Slasher Dave book of matches that you gave me. I'm like, they're on display. Like I'm like, okay, cool. And then you you roll out with some acid, which rolling papers. I'm like, I'm out. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> Fulci and fluids split. Absolutely fucking phenomenal. I dip back into some old moss, tombs of the blind, drugged. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, you picked Combat Shock as the fucking movie we we're gonna do, so uh, no funeral had to have been. Because I'm getting into that like meth drinker fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, and here's one for all of you um, people, I guess. Cool I don't cats know how to. Kittens. Yeah. Cool cats and kittens. The new Ozzy <laughs> record, guys. Listen, hear me out. The new Ozzy record is really fucking good, man. It's better than all of the ones he put out since all the time. That, like, <laughs> shit sucked. Since all the time. Dude, the last couple... Like, listen, I know I'm, I might piss off a couple people, but, like, the last couple records I didn't... I, like, I can't... I just can't do it, man. I'm sorry, man. Like, the last one I liked, I think, was, like, Black Rain. And that was so long ago. The new Ozzy record is really good. Tony Iommi's on it. We got some Jeff Beck. We got some Clapton. Clapton is God. Anyway, uh, Newthgrush and Coffin Split is just perfection. Witchburner. I forgot I sent you those guys. I haven't let go yet. <laughs> I've been jamming that. that this was one. one of those. This is one of those when I've said it before on an episode where I said if I flip through my records, I can find shit that I haven't shown Steve that I know he'd like. Fuck. And this was one of those nights where I was by myself. It was actually the day before Thanksgiving. I was yeah. chilling by myself. True. And I'm just like I'm just gonna spin records all night by myself. And I just started actually digging through my records instead of just playing like the the stack I just have that I keep rotating through. I just started digging through my records and pulling shit out, and Witchburner was one of them. God and I'm like, Steve would fucking like these guys. Dude, they're so good, man. And I haven't really dipped into any of their other release. They have a f- quite a few other records. Uh, the Blood of Witches, one with the Executioner guy in the front. Oh, so good. That was uh, the other one I put posted and I sent to you was Sodomizer. Sodomizer. Chris from Shit Life hit me up yeah. from that post. And he was like, dude, I need to check these fuckers out. They're fucking great, yeah. He's like, this is right up my alley. I'm like, dude, yeah, 100%. You would you would absolutely dig these guys. Yeah. Yeah, Sodomizer's great, dude. Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. The the Witchburner, I think, stood, stood out a little bit more out of the two that you sent me. But uh, And the last one is uh, Long Name for a Band. Turned me off at first when I seen it. Uh, Chained to the Bottom of the Ocean. So these guys... Super fucking heavy. They've been around for a minute, and they just put on an EP. Today, December 9th, 2022, uh, it's fucking incredible. So if you're into, like, any type of sludge or a very bleak doom, uh, Chain to the Bottom of the Ocean is fucking awesome. 
And up until this point, I don't think they've done a full length that's only splits and EPs because they do it their own way. They're keeping it real, man. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, they're they're a one off. I, I can't really think of anyone that sounds like them, but it's a good thing. So why well, record a full length when you just keep recording splits? Just do that. But their songs are like 15 minutes long, so I can't even imagine a full length. <laughs> <laughs> they tell stories. Uh, they're, they're heavy as fuck, though. And that's what I've been jamming, dude. And I didn't even write down, think about, or do anything about what I've been watching because it's a fucking melting pot of just everything. We got holidays. We watched Scrooge the other day. You and I and uh, uh, the plus one, Tammy. Yeah. Uh, huge fan of that chick. Uh, we did Scrooged. What have you been watching, man? I wrote two things down. I've listed way more than that, but I wrote two things down. Two time. So yeah, the I got I wrote down two. I've wrote down I've I've watched plenty. Actually, I watched a shit ton, <laughs> but I only wrote down two. Um, Scrooged. Which honestly, when you guys came over, that was like my fourth time watching it. God damn it! How good is that movie though? It's one of the best. It has to be. That movie's fucking amazing. They're, like we could, we could actually go on just talking about that movie for another episode. Absolutely. <laughs> I care, dude. <laughs> he, he is such a fucking asshole. Oh, in that that's fucking Bill Murray movie, at dude. his fucking pinnacle, dude. That's at the top of the mountain, dude. Go to the AMP. Look it up in the phone book. It's under A. If it's not there, look it's under P. Fucking, <laughs> they're fucking big, fucking very large. <laughs> <laughs> be a lot better fucking color, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so yeah, Scrooged so many times. Um, the, fuck me, dude. I haven't seen this movie in so long, and I love it. Nothing but trouble. Stop. Stop it. That movie's fucking gold. It is fucking gold. Dude. Literally gold. All star cast. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, and they come all nailed it. Yeah. That movie's fucking amazing. I'm not even going to fucking do that. Bro, the dinner scene where he's trying to eat the hot dog. His mouth's all like half so... I've been there. I've been there. I've done it. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. I know. (laughs) I mean, you got like Demi Moore. Nothing but trouble. Demi Moore, One Crazy Summer. Yeah. If you say ghost, I will stab you in the jaw. Demi Moore, <laughs> and if you say G.I. Jane, I will suplex you on the concrete. Demi Moore in Nothing But Trouble. What about striptease? Yeah, you know, cream corn wrestling's not my thing. Um, no. Okay, so, uh, no, Nothing But Trouble. Excellent pick, dude. It's been a while. Maybe we have to do that. We probably should. Because, we probably dude. should. We that, already we already pointed out that we're gonna do a police academy. Thing that needs to be soon. a buzzed up night of watching nothing but trouble <laughs> because it's that good. So good, dude. Yeah, Are you kidding a, me? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, screws and nothing but trouble. Well, that's that will eat up a lot of my fucking time because uh, I'm a huge fan of both movies for sure. Scrooged around this time of year, but nothing but trouble any time of the year is good. And then the others besides that, they didn't write down is Uncle Buck, Breakfast Club. I watched fucking Ferris Bueller's Day. Watched Ferris Bueller's Day off. Yeah. Watched fucking um, Planes, Trains about eighty times. Um, I knew, I knew you. Go go. Fucking. I'm gonna make the crescent rolls. <laughs> you know I can't cook. 
Of, uh, I don't know, Home Alone. Man. Oh my god, yeah, watch Home Alone. Of course you do. Um, I, do. I really haven't watched any like uh, Christmas horror movies, holiday horror, because like I usually like to watch them when it's actually snowing outside. Yeah, true we story. We have not gotten that yet. Yeah, no, it's Indian summer. Uh, winter. What's the What's the opposite of Indian summer? No, we have we've we've had no snow in Michigan, dude. It's supposed to be snowing right now, and I don't see a shit. I don't see not a motherfucker. So yeah, there's no snow. We're not. We're gonna hit that fucking January, February. Dude, it's gonna 50 be like fifty degrees the other day. It's gonna be negative one, and we're gonna get a shit ton of snow, and I'm gonna hate my life because I'm gonna put on the thing. And uh... <laughs> that's the thing that, I, dude, I like watching like the first blizzard and shit we get. I usually like to fucking like hunker down and just watch the thing. Oh, for sure. Ashley, that fucking bitch, used to give me shit because anytime it would be like a the first blizzard and shit, I'd go to grab a movie. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna put on the thing," and got like. Better than everybody. And I'm like, yeah, I am going to go put I on the do, fucking I thing. I still do that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, Just yeah. like when it's fall time, you usually reach for one of the Halloween movies. Uh, of course. Like, Probably Don't give me four. that fucking look. Yeah, I know. Fucking R.I.P. She has since passed. Yeah, she's dead now. Yeah, she's dead. Um, so, like, uh, that's those are all great fucking movies. I didn't write any of the ones I've watched down at all but I've watched and I'm being real with you um, Silent Night Deadly Night 2 because I'm saving the first one for like closer to Christmas obviously Black Christmas of course uh, but I <laughs> last night I watched Four Christmases with Tammy that's really funny because I laugh to the point of fucking tears it hurts my stomach because Vince Vaughn is one of my favorites of all time Scrooged I've watched Obviously, with you. Um, what what the fuck else? I put on, like, the other day I put on Out for Justice. Uh, fuck, what have I... Uh, it's, it's mostly, honestly, uh, rest in peace, Kirstie Alley. Huge Cheers fan. I, I'm pretty sure anyone that listens to our show knows that I fucking love Cheers. It's my favorite show. I've been doing a lot of that at night when I go to sleep. What the fuck? Uh, Dr. Butcher MD I put on the other day just as a random pick. I just pulled it out. Uh, that's, I mean, I can't really think of anything else that I really watched. Like, you know, it's just like a random thing. I just put shit on, you know. It's like I document more music than movies these days. Like, it's more about what I'm listening to because I just put movies on. Yeah, this whole year for me, movie-wise, it's been very light on horror um, because I needed to not go that route. <laughs> I've been trying to go with, like, the comedy and more lighthearted shit. Um, for sure, yeah, man. I go in my pockets where I can, like, dip back into horror, and I'm waiting to get to that point where I can just really start getting, like, really getting into, like, the grimy shit, and I think I'm at that level. I mean, I was able to get through Combat Shock without wanting to kill myself. So I think I'm good. I think I could start watching horror again and not want to kill myself. Um, 2022 can suck it. Yeah, for sure. And as we move into a new year, it must be noted that uh, I did watch Seven the other day with uh, the chick. Like, we ate food and watched Seven. Hell yeah. And she wasn't ready. Did she Wait, Tammy hasn't seen Seven? No, no. She It's one of her favorite movies, but she wasn't ready for the pick. Because it's like, what are okay. we going to watch? You know, like when you're, you know, when you're with somebody, your significant other, like, what do you want for dinner? And then no one can agree. Yeah. 
I wasn't even gonna fucking like have that conversation. I just reached for seven and put it in with no questions asked. And she's like, "Really?" It was a Sunday. It was like two in the afternoon. She's like, "We're we're doing that now." I'm like, "Yep." And we just sat literally in silence and watched Seven. And a, how many fucking times have I seen that movie? How many times have you seen it? How many times has she seen it? It never gets old. It's great. No, it's fucking solid movie. Yeah, and so like that has to be noted that I watched seven full attention without like distractions and music or without anything. throwing lines out without nothing any of that. No, nothing of that nature no because I'm learning that I can't talk during fucking movies I do that all the time but like you know that I blame that on acid witch because like turn down the the TV because I know all the lines. Well, that was a th- like honestly, me and you have been doing that for years. God, it's we'd, like, we'd put on a tape and it's a movie we've seen a hundred times, but we have a record on, and we would basically just listen to records while watching a movie on mute. But we've seen this movie a hundred fucking times, so it's like whatever, dude. I can fucking recite. And the me lines. and you would be just bullshitting, having a conversation, and yeah. like, look at the screen, like, oh yeah, this fucking. That's what scene. the fuck we do, all right, there it Jared? Is. How long have we been doing that though, dude? 10 plus years you, you put on a banger ass movie you turn the volume all the way down on the TV and we spin a record yeah and just that for look like at the 10 TV years at least and listen to the fucking we're probably going to do that once this episode's done <laughs> you know it's a judge free zone uh, <laughs> but uh anyway yeah uh so I'm glad that we uh we're back I guess and we're going to do another episode soon dude I'm totally down I'm totally down to do a, a a a set schedule. I don't got shit going on. Yeah, but we need people to like hit us up. Like, is there a movie that like people that listen to us want us to fucking like touch on? Because we've done that before, but it was it was a long time ago. Yeah, if anybody wants, if there's something anybody wants us to actually touch on that we haven't, that you think would be in our wheelhouse of something we would actually touch on, don't be like, oh, I want you to touch on fucking like Conjuring. You know, it has to be something yeah, that no. we'd be in the wheelhouse of doing. No one Throw a line, man. going to save The Conjuring, dude. I don't know, man. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, like honestly, dude. Honestly. If there's something that fits in the wheelhouse of shit that we would talk about that we have not talked about that you would want us to fucking bullshit on. Yeah, because sometimes. Send it our way, dude. Because, like, honestly, we get stumped. And we, like, go back and forth. We're like, what? Because we, we've been doing this a long fucking time, bud. So it's like, what movie haven't we done? We've even revisited movies that we didn't feel had a fucking proper episode. <laughs> like, well, my whole thing is, there's a bunch of shit that I could I could pick out that we could do. But when it comes to picking out a movie, it's like if I'm in a different mood, I don't think about picking out certain movies. Right? Yeah. I'm like in this weird fucking mood, and I you need to go back. Like, I used to have a fucking list of shit I wanted to talk about, and I need to go find that list. And update it because yeah, I used to keep a list of like all these movies I wanted to t- touch on. We're at the point now to where we could do Scrooge. We just <laughs> <laughs> how fucking fire is that movie, dude? It's about the it's as good as it gets. It's as good as it gets. It's one of the best Christmas movies. Yeah, for Fuck sure. Everyone. Yeah, it Scrooge, hands down, is the one. But like we've done comfort movie. Like, well, what are we gonna do? Well, that's just yeah. So hey, chime in. Let yeah, it's like one-off episodes where we just bullshit in general. Mixed offerings. Go back. We've done a couple mixed offerings. Go back. That we was did years couple, ago. We did a couple of heavy Remember metal that? horror episodes. We did a um, metal. Mo- me- yeah, the heavy metal horror ones. The yeah, yeah. Dude. We did like two of those. We did mixed offerings. Yeah, we just come up with like whatever. We did comfort 
offerings. I can't remember what I called it. Burnt comfort, comfort offerings. I can't remember. It don't matter. But it was just like random shit. But yeah, man, anything. I'm down for ideas. Me too. So hit us up, DM us, or we'll just we'll just keep picking random fucking movies. Yeah, or we're just gonna keep doing which I'm down for that too. I don't give a fuck. Me too, man. I don't either. So with that being said, Combat Shock 1984 slash 86. Watch it. 100%. 100%. Buckle up, though. Definitely watch it. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious. If you're alone on Christmas Day and you have nobody else in your life, watch Combat Shock. I'm not going to be responsible for someone else's demise. you got to hit rock bottom <laughs> before you can start climbing up, man. you got to hit rock bottom <laughs> before you start climbing up. And we're not talking the wrestling move because i seen someone actually rock bottom somebody, and that's fucked. And it wasn't out of, like, joy. It was, like, out of... So, anyway... So, <laughs> if you think you're down as low as you can go, put on Combat Shock. Go lower. Go low. Go. You're not trying to hit rock bottom. Go lower. Once you hit rock bottom, then you can climb up. I'm out, dude. And that just I'm... make sure if you own guns, they're out of the house. Yeah, yeah. It's a tutorial, dude. Add us if you have any questions. We gotta go, dude. Anybody who dies as a report of what I just said, we we're not liable. It. We didn't, we do didn't it. say shit. No, we didn't do it. That was a choice you made. Yeah, this is an art. You're an adult. <laughs> this is America. You made that choice. Or Canada. And, we, and you still made that choice. In Canada. See, our rule, we're not even liable. Different country. Yeah, different country. International it law. Happened, yeah. Maritime the, law. The, the charges didn't stick. Maritime Kobayashi. law. <laughs> International Waters. <laughs> Dane Cook, pay-per-view, 40 minutes. Let's go. All right. On that cue, we're out, dude. Thanks for I listening. I think we are. It's like a quick one. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> it's a quick yeah, we got <laughs> I can hit you with a quick We've got shit to do. I got people to do and things to see. I'll see you. All right, see you guys. Peace.